0: your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining
1: to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Michael Stewart, the founder of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, with an office in Crystal Lake, Illinois. You can find him online at CrystalLakeTax.com. That's CrystalLakeTax.com. Or, hey, you can reach out and give the man a call. 815 526 3092. That's the phone number. That's 815 526 3092. Crystal Lake is a one-stop shop with a CPA, enrolled agent, and paralegal all on staff. They can help you when it comes to all things financial and any retirement matters. And that's what we hope to do on today's show. Michael, as always, welcome into the podcast. How you doing? I'm
0: doing excellent, Mark. How about yourself?
1: Oh, well, I'm battling my second cold of the winter <laughs> So I hope for someone out there's sake, I hope they're clicking on this in April or May when it's warmed up and maybe they're on a beach somewhere, but I'm sipping hot tea and trying to preserve my voice so I'm ready for the weather to break at some point along the way.
0: I wish you a speedy recovery (laughs) and I'll I'll try to do most of the talk.
1: Yes. How about that? How about you keep us informed today? Let's jump in with a bit of news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, Michael, in a recent survey, Americans were asked what they believe is the biggest threat to the economy. The answer from more than half of the respondents wasn't interest rates or growing student loan debt. It was the contentious political climate in D.C. Hey, figure that. Would you agree with that as being the biggest threat to the economy?
0: I think human nature is to pay attention to kind of the noise of the day and the shiny objects that are all around us today, but those are in the form of kind of like Chicken Little saying the sky is falling and forecasts about the economy and Trump's latest tweet, as well as all that political disagreement that fills our inbox on a daily basis. The thing that I try to tell clients is just keep in mind that all that is is just noise. In five years, no one's going to remember today's headlines or how close the vote was on a border wall or the government shutdown. What you will remember, though, is did you do the right things over those five years to keep you on track for your retirement and your family's personal financial security? So regardless of the headlines and the political noise, now what we've had is 45 presidents. So technically 44, because Grover Cleveland was counted twice but each had their own crisis moments. So these political contentions that we've talked about, about the political climate you know, going on in Washington right now. But if we go back to the original question, we can't control the direction of interest rates or other people's student loan debts, nor the political climate. What we can control is how we are positioned to mitigate any of those that might be able to impact us personally and financially. Now, I'm a practicing stoic, you know, so I never try and let my clients forget that there are things in this world that we can control, namely our own choices, our own actions, and how we react to them, and there's things that we don't control. Other people's opinions, how the world treats us, the economy. So let's not waste any time, emotional energy, or even any hand-wringing about the things that we can't control. What we do is focus our energy and resources on your future, not today's headlines. Otherwise, when we look back, we'll be left with regrets.
1: I think that's well said, Michael. After all, we could get on here and share our political opinions and dive into the political news. And who knows, it might actually be a lot more entertaining, but would it be helpful to you and your investment strategy? And I think that's what we're all about on this podcast is to overlook the noise and to stay the course. And as far as that goes, to help you set the course to begin with. Absolutely. Well, thanks for diving into that headline with us. We'd love to keep you well informed. We'll continue to strive to do that, and we'll continue sorting through some of that noise that's out there. For now, let's take a question from the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, we do love to hear from you. We encourage you to write in your questions to the show. We'd love to feature you on the podcast as far as that goes. And as always, as we said, the website is crystallaketax.com, and you can submit a question there, and who knows? You, too, could end up on the podcast. We've got a good one that's come in today. This one is from Paul, and Paul is in Barrington. He says, I guess I should have known better. Uh Uh-oh, Paul. But for some reason, I was under the impression that I wouldn't have to pay taxes on my Social Security benefits Now I know better, he says, but it seems like some people pay more than others. How does this work? I'm with you, Paul. It is confusing.
0: Yeah, and it's tax season, so this is kind of apropos. So one of the benefits of us having both an in-house financial planning practice as well as a tax preparation practice is that it allows us to talk with our clients, usually proactively in advance, about taxation and how to be prepared. And that's whether it's Social Security, your pensions, investments, inheritances, whatever it has to do. There isn't anything you can do with money that doesn't involve taxes. So it's not uncommon for a new tax client to come into our office the first year, maybe after they retired and they started taking Social Security, Many, too, are unknowing, just like Paul here, that Social Security is likely going to be taxable. In fact, according to the IRS, 65% of individuals pay some sort of income tax on their Social Security, and that tax could be as much as 85% of what their overall Social Security benefit is. Now, as far as the original question about how taxation works and why some people pay a little bit more, you're going to kind of have to stick with me as we throw a few numbers out there. But the IRS uses what they call the combined or provisional income. And not to get too wonky, but it's a formula that basically takes half of the amount of, that you get from Social Security in your household plus 100% of all the other income, your pensions, your IRAs, 401ks, wages, capital gains, all that other income. So essentially half of your Social Security and all of the other income sources. And that's how they figured out what's called your combined or provisional income. Now, if you're married and that combined income is greater than 32000 you'll start paying income tax on up to half of your social security benefit. If that combined income is between 32 and 44,000, between 50 and 85% of that social security benefit is taxable. And if your combined income is greater than 44,000 as a married couple, then 85% of that social security benefit will be taxed. So let me give you an example cuz that was just throwing a lot of numbers around. Let's say together, husband and wife, their Social Security benefit is $4,500 a month. That seems pretty average in the Chicago area. That's $54,000 a year, and that's not really that unusual. And let's say they took out $20,000 out of their 401k or had a pension, you know, just to supplement. So using that combined income formula, half of their Social Security of that $54,000 would be twenty-seven dollars plus the $20,000 they took out. That now puts their combined income for taxation of social security at $47,000, which means 85% of that $54,000 of social security is now going to be taxable. So $46,000 of that is now going to fall into the taxable bucket. And it also might impact what tax bracket they're in and some other things. So there's things we can do if they're proactive to potentially reduce the amount of taxable income. Most brokers will just tell you, you know, I can't give you tax advice. So you're kind of stuck. But that's why our practice provides direction on not only investments but taxes and how you coordinate those two because if we tell clients it's a lot easier to structure a situation to save some money maybe a hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars in taxes than it is just to have your fingers crossed hoping the market goes up because if we can save a thousand dollars on taxes that's just as good as getting a thousand dollar gain on our investment so Paul this is why it's important you work with somebody that not only understands the investment side but they also understand taxation and social security as well. Yeah, thanks for writing in,
1: Paul. And as always, you're welcome to pop over to the office, meet with Michael Stewart and the team as well, to maybe get a more concrete answer to that question. It's complicated stuff, taxes uh, especially. And I know this time of year that it's especially stressful. We actually talked off the uh, air before we started this podcast today about some of the courses you do in the area, Michael. And I think that just goes to show that we're all about education and we really want to help you sort through some of the clutter that's out there. Those courses, this podcast, it's all the way just to further the financial education we want to provide you with.
0: Absolutely. An educated client is the best kind of client that you can have. So they're making informed decisions.
1: Well, thanks for running in, Paul, again. Let's move on now and kind of dive into our main topic. So we talked at the beginning about all the financial noise out there. There's so much of it. And we'll even put the news and the politics aside. Think about all the information that's out there regarding your investments and your investment strategies. There's any number of websites, any number of talking heads who are out there, any number of books that are out there. And I mean, so there's all these ways to get more information. And hey, there's a pro to that, right? We're more informed than we ever have been. However, it seems like we're also more anxious and worried than we ever had been. So I kind of just want to go through and talk with you, um, Michael, have a conversation about some of the pros and the cons of being an informed consumer in today's society. So let's start with where we're getting our information. I just mentioned there are all these ways to do it. Talk a little bit about that and the impact that that might have on the way we make investing decisions.
0: Yeah, actually a lot of individuals will either subscribe to newsletters or get free ones online, you know, maybe TV shows, the talking heads you talked about, or a lot of times just people that are around them, you know. So the primary people that people are listening to when they come in and you know, it's less about the existing financial clients. We've kind of shooed them away from worrying about, you know, everyone else's opinions when they don't know their specific circumstances. But despite the digital age, most of your do-it-yourself clients are the ones that don't have a good advisory relationship. They aren't interested in following or tracking their investments outside of when they receive a statement or there's some financial headline or meltdown. And then all of a sudden, you know, they run to the computer to check the balances. The first place I see people turn is usually to friends, family, coworkers, and then they glean an opinion, educated or not, from those around them. And usually it's somewhere in the form of, how are you invested? What are you doing with your 401k or your IRA? And this can be dangerous for several reasons. First, whomever they're asking may have no idea about investing. and maybe just as loss or more so than they are, but they don't want to come off that way. So they rattle off a few things and some big terms, so they seem smart. Now, you've gone from no information to bad information, so that isn't necessarily a good thing. And the second thing is, even if they are knowledgeable about financial matters, they don't really know about your specific situation. What age are you? When are you planning on retiring? How much risk are you comfortable with? Is this money going to be used for growth or retirement income? How is this strategy going to impact your taxes like we talked before? So be careful and make sure that whomever you're receiving financial advice from is qualified to give it and just as importantly understands your specific circumstances.
1: Yeah, and I think another thing that's important to point out there is be careful not to do too much research, right? Um, I believe there's an old proverb that comes out of Scripture that says, don't be foolish, do not be foolish, neither be too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? And it's getting that, that idea of you can just think about things all day long and drive yourself crazy, especially with all the information that's out there.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, just think about the internet in general. If you want to go down a rabbit hole, it's there to go down for you. You know, so it'll it'll take you as long, you know, you, you go on a five minute search and five hours later you're coming up for air. So the internet can be a great source of information and your initial research. However, as we've seen, especially in political opinions and personal opinions, it can also be self-reinforcing and kind of biased. So whatever you're looking for, you're definitely going to find it on the internet, good or bad. And let me give you an example. Let's say you heard given the you know, the current market volatility and those kind of things and the different sources about financial information that you heard from your coworker or your friend that, hey, you know, you should invest in gold. Gold's a good investment. You say, you know what? Let me check that out. You go to your Google machine and you type in, you know, is gold a good investment? You'll have millions of opinions, not facts, but opinions, and you'll likely gravitate to one or the other kind of depending on the way that you originally approached it. And that's not really getting information as importantly. It isn't actionable information for your specific situation. Is gold a good investment? I don't know, sit down with an advisor. It can determine where you are in your life financially, what you're trying to accomplish. If there's any gaps in the plan that gold might fill, then and only then will you know if gold or stocks or annuities or commodities or whatever financial question you have are a good investment specifically for you and for what you're trying to accomplish
1: all about getting information that is unique to your situation and advice that's unique to your situation. I like what you said. Internet, TV, books, great place to start. Can certainly give you some ideas and can, of course, give you good information. But it's only a starting point. You really need to follow up with a true pro and expert who can help you to make wise and informed decisions. Can you give us an example, Michael, of someone who kind of went their own way doing their own research
0: and perhaps was influenced negatively by that? Yeah, I'll give you a a couple examples. So the first one is, you know, and and I wanted to be clear for individuals, you know, we're not trying to, you know, push you away from doing your own research. I think that there's great value in due diligence, you know, so there's no harm in doing due diligence and I actually encourage it on the front end. You just don't want to leap into the great investing abyss and have regrets. So that being said, there's always going to be unknowns. The key is to gather enough information make an educated decision, and then have a financial plan that's fluid and can adjust enough so you know when you should zig and zag. And that's the beauty of building a financial plan and having a roadmap to go with. So one of the ways that I see clients who do their own research, but maybe not and the full and necessary amount that they look at is in taking too much risk. Now, we all have recency bias. So recency bias is where we throw aside common sense in history and say, you know, I was successful yesterday doing X, so I'll be successful tomorrow doing X. And this can be harmful, especially in this today's market environment. If you think about it for the last nine years, so since about 2009 up until basically fourth quarter of 2018, coming off the financial crisis from March 2009 the market seemingly only felt like it went straight up yeah there were some small blips along the way but no sustained declines and investors have a very short memory that stocks go up and down as each month each quarter of the year trudged higher and they expected that this is how investing is they're like i'm a genius and you know i'm getting rewarded for taking all this risk you know i'll buy this tech stock at 220 and even though you know now it's at 300 i've doubled my money and this works until it doesn't As Warren Buffett states, when the tide goes out, we'll see who's swimming naked. And right now, as this stock market rally is long in the tooth, people are riding this tide of a rising market and taking too much risk for their own financial security. So unfortunately, in the near term, when we get that next correction, all the smart people in the room aren't going to be feeling so smart. And we tell clients this all the time, to take the risk that you need to achieve your financial goals, don't take any more, don't take any less. And an analogy would be, you know, with how high the markets run, we haven't had a bear market in over nine years. We haven't had a recession in over nine years. So investing today is like going to a casino and you walk up to the table and you see the payouts on the upside are 10%. But if you lose, you lose 30 to 40% of everything. Now, is that a game you really want to play given where we are today?
1: No, you certainly don't. I don't think you want to play games at all. And it just goes to show the importance of, like you said, as we've said all along, and really what we talk about often on this podcast is sitting down and putting a well thought out plan in place. What does it look like to do that? What does it look like for somebody to come in and sit down with you and have that conversation?
0: yeah for a prospective clients that just have questions and this is tax questions financial planning questions investment you know estate planning all those kind of things just basically financial matters question what they do is we come in for what we call a discovery meeting that discovery meeting is really just about an hour chat We say okay here's where you are keep your statements at home you know we're not going to break down investments and things but find out what are you trying to do how are you positioned now how successful have you been at it in the past and are you comfortable moving forward And if there's a way we can add value, great, we talk about that and, you know, might engage in doing a financial plan or some tax planning or what have you. And, you know, on a go forward basis, we work together, then we get together two, three more times and actually build that plan and co-design it together. If not, if at the end of that first meeting, we both decide that we're really not a good fit or maybe we can't add value, you're doing a great job by yourself, then we're going to tell you that. We shake hands and part as friends and that way, you know, we're all adults. We don't have to hide from one another in the local supermarket don't have to hide
1: from one another in the local supermarket. I like that. And it just goes to show there's no pressure here. It's not about that at all. But we want you to be informed and we want you to be well educated when it comes to your finances, when it comes to any and all retirement matters, right? That's kind of the mantra we always say on the show. If you'd like to come in, sit down, start a conversation with Michael, just have a getting to know you meeting, ask any questions, you know, maybe you've listened and been left with a couple of questions today. If you'd like to come in and just pick his brain. You can do so by dialing the number 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Or you can go online. As we said at the beginning of the show, you can scroll back and get the information as well. But it's crystallaketax.com, crystallaketax.com. Michael, as always, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Always a pleasure, Mark. We'll do it again next time. Remember, Crystal Lake is a one stop shop with the CPA, enrolled agent, and paralegal all on staff. They can help you when it comes to any and all things financial and any retirement matters. You should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation, and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof.